Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. to the Ringer Reality TV Podcast. I am Juliette Littman, and I am joined today by the one and only, my podcast OTP, David Jacoby. Hi, buddy. Wait, what does OTP stand for? <laughs> one true partner. <gasps> oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> Do you really believe that? Because you've got like 15 best friends. Like you really, I'm really your OTP. My podcast OTP, yes. That's Uh-oh. exactly what I just said. Uh, fair, fair. <laughs> I do well, have many podcast partners too, so. I have many podcast partners as well, and they're not going to listen to this one, so I will say that you are also my podcast OTP. It is so nice to be reunited. And the people that listen to this that have followed us uh, for, you know, 10 years, no. 10 years. We've got that chemistry and when it comes to reality (laughs) television shows and when they need to be discussed it's time to party and we're going to discuss what selling sunset season four i'm really excited i mean there's a lot to dig into i've taken some time to really like let it marinate i watched it all over the weekend i mean there's a lot there's a lot to dig into what's like your just initial reaction my initial reaction is that they're all way too skinny. The houses all look the same, but they're priced differently. The neighborhoods in Los Angeles are very priced differently. And what, Vanessa, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Vanessa? Why, like, are you going to let them do this to you, Vanessa? Wow. So you're going in on Vanessa. The world's going in on Christine and you're going in on Vanessa. You're just like, bitch, what are you doing? Well, it's not that I'm upset with her. I'm upset that they allowed her to be used this way they're like we have two factions inside the oppenheim group which first of all um uh jason and maybe your management style could be used a little differently maybe (laughs) your hiring practices maybe diversity is important i don't know but i'm saying is like i feel like when they brought in vanessa and then all of a sudden she's being put as the go-between the middle woman if you would between these two rivaling factions that she did so, so poorly that I felt bad for her every single episode, but I also hated her every single episode. You hated Vanessa? What's there to hate about her? All right, hate's a strong word. I didn't hate her. I hated her clothes more than her, but I'm saying it's more like, how many times are you going to show up with leather pants? And also... Well, she's new to the scene. She doesn't know that she's supposed to wear the most ridiculous, outrageous clothing that shows off your back tattoo at all times. I mean, she didn't get the memo. (laughs) <laughs> okay, um, straight shots for Mary. But I will also say this is that I would say that Vanessa walking into a new social group played that about as bad as you can play it. Counterpoint, everyone still likes her though. Do they? Yes. Do they? You, you think they're going home and being like, fuck Vanessa? I don't think so. Okay. 
she like has a little lunch with Christine. It's like, Christine, oh my God, I totally understand. Oh, oh, Mary said that and Mary did that. And Emma, oh, she said, okay. And then she'll, the next day, 24 hours later, have a lunch with the, you know, Christine? the Mary. And, oh, the, the Mary Chriselle Heather faction. The Mary Chriselle faction. And be like, I can't believe that Christine said this about you, blah, blah, blah. I just feel like the, that Vanessa was weaponized by the producers during this season. She she definitely was. They they needed someone who was willing to just get screen time and as a result would repeat everything everyone said. I will say, on the other hand, counterpoint to the argument you just laid out, without Vanessa, would we have the appropriate amount of drama? Like, we needed Vanessa to tell everyone that Christine may or may not have made up the fact that she was proposed to. I mean, we're going to get into that. There's there's a lot to get through, but we kind of needed Vanessa. So I'm, I think I'm grateful in the spirit of the season. I'm grateful for Vanessa. As much as I love to disagree with you, you're absolutely right. Like we needed her to be the go-between between these two groups that wouldn't really discuss things with each other. And she did a great job doing so, especially when it comes down to one of the most important storylines of the season, the engagement that literally never happened. We all know it never happened. Like, this is not a debate. I know you want to get 20 minutes out of this podcast about this debate, but it did not happen. At one point, Homeboy was like, yeah, we should get married. And she was like, that's a ring. That's a knee. I'm calling it. Like, it's like, you did not get proposed to. I I don't want to, you know, I don't want to um, offend any professionals, but Jacoby, please play armchair psychologist. Tell me what's wrong with Christine. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Nothing. There's nothing about the scene. Everyone's a hero in their own movie. Everyone sees their reality in the way that they see it. And in her reality, there was a man who said, we should, we, we would make beautiful children. We should get married. Imagine our future together, the multiple houses that we could live in and flip. And this would be amazing. The two of us make a great couple. We should get married. And she took that hint as an actual proposal. And in her mind and in her reality, I really believe that she believes she was proposed to, but in the objective reality that multiple people share, she never, ever, ever got close to being proposed to. But do you understand the difference? Yeah, of course. Like she was like, this is going to happen. We have a future together. No, it happened for her. It wasn't going to happen. It literally (laughs) happened for her. She probably was going through his stuff one day and just like found a ring. And she's like, oh, we're, we're engaged. No chance. The <laughs> ring did not exist. The ring did not exist. And the idea that she would fix her lips and say, oh, no, no, that's probably the ring that he got for me was one of the most disrespectful things I've heard on reality television. <laughs> I really loved, I think it was Davina. Oh, no, maybe it was Vanessa. I can't remember. One of the brunettes was like, I know the jeweler who made this ring and he made the ring for Emma. It was not for you. I mean, all of the evidence to the contrary for Christine was so savage. And Davina, who's like formerly the biggest bitch of the series, if she's not even defending you, like you're in trouble. Like if you, if you've lost Davina, like you're in, you're really not in luck. Well, I mean, here's a question. Do you feel bad for Christina? Christine. Um, I feel a little bad for her. A little. Because anytime you get ganged up on, like, I think it's natural to have some sympathy for the person who's, like, in the smaller group. And so, I hate Christine. Always have. I also, like, don't like to look at her. I don't like how she dresses. Well, I apologize for using the word hate. You're going with hate still. (laughs) Yes. You, I knew you didn't mean it. I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that wasn't the word you really wanted to use to describe your feelings about Vanessa. So, I was giving you the opportunity to run it back. Me, that's how I feel about Christine. She's not nice. She is not fashionable. Just because you have something that says Chanel or like you have expensive things does not make you fashionable. And Don't you dare me on her clothing. Don't you dare. We're going to talk about everyone's clothes. But with Christine, by the end, I did feel bad for her. I mean, like Heather like really hates her. And Mary yelled at her. Like if we saw like three solid minutes of Mary unloading on Christine. It had to have gone on for much longer. 18 and like, in real life. What? Yeah, they cut it down to three. Yeah. It was 18. And 18 yes. is like a full, like, half-hour TV show. It's like an episode of Seinfeld of, like, you getting sun. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
Every Friends episode is like as long as Mary yelling at at Christine. And Mary's like not really a yeller. Like there's been many occasions in which she should lose her mind. And she basically did twice this season. Once at the dog party, which I forgot to include on the rundown, but we must discuss. And then at the end where she just like literally blew her top. And I don't know. I just, I, I hate being yelled at. So if I were being yelled at in public by Mary, I would be really upset. Like honestly being yelled at is like my, one of my least favorite things to experience. I want to start by apologizing to our listeners because this is going to be a seven hour podcast. I completely <laughs> forgot about the dog party as well. If you want to bow out now and save yourself three hours, because there's a lot to unpack here. But at the end, I will say Christine has terribled her way into being a sympathetic figure. Yeah. It's really her defense is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that terrible stuff I did to you in the past, it's in the past. Like, that's her defense. Her yeah. defense is like, you know how I've wronged literally every single person on the show, every eye contact that I make at this party, I've hurt you intentionally in some way. But guys, I'm past that. I have a baby. Right. That's the Her, she's like, I'm a mom now. Everything's changed. I mean, and I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to it. You can, you can say. No, no, but no, I, you don't have to have a child. Guess what? Having a child doesn't mean you didn't screw someone over six months ago. It's not a personality <laughs> transplant. Having a child. Exactly. Like it's not like, oh, now I've got a child. Complete reset. Up, upload all the software. It's me 2.0. Like no, no, no. Having a kid, you're the same person. Just like you don't sleep as much for six months. So. Um, you, I know you watch this with your wife, Joey, who I adore. Um, Me too. I'm curious for if you guys had any discussion about Christine's post baby representation of herself. Cause there's a lot of chatter on the internet about how it's not possible to have an emergency C-section and then two weeks later be doing Pilates and yoga. And since you guys have kids and your wife has given birth, I was curious if you guys discussed that at all. When you ask the yes or no question, did we discuss it? The more appropriate question is, how many minutes, how many <laughs> hours did we discuss it? And how is it possible? And like the way, I also thought it was kind of disrespectful to everyone who's ever had a child. It was. The time they spent on it. It was like, it wasn't just like mentioned once in one episode. It was like a true storyline that the editors included. If you're an editor, you can you don't have to put the stuff in the show. You can edit around these conversations and her being skinny through her pregnancy and her having the baby. And she clearly did have the baby, right? Like, yeah, I did a deep dive on her Instagram. She she was pregnant. Yeah. The idea that they made this such a story to me was kind of like, and again, I'm taking this way too far, but it's kind of what I do. I thought it was disrespectful to everyone's ever had a kid. I think no, I actually think that's a pretty common opinion from what I've seen online. A lot of moms, you know, been like, there's just no way that's possible. Also, even if it is possible to kind of act like that is in any way normal or like just like what the expectation is, is offensive. As far as I can tell, it's a big deal to have a C-section. I had abdominal surgery, which is not quite the same, but I was like not immobile. that different though. It was it's yeah. actually, it's very similar. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Let's not downplay your thing. It's like there's yeah. something inside your stomach. They cut it open. They take it out. They removed it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like immobile. I was immobile for weeks and I was not allowed to lift anything over five pounds for two months. And so and I, you're not I don't wear a designer size zero two weeks after either. Like, let's just be honest about the situation. No, and I'm not like I'm not going to like the Pilates reformer situation. I mean, it, the whole thing was ridiculous. It was re- it was distracting that like she played that up so much. And also, Christine, like no one's gonna like you more if you pretend to be perfect. Like actually, everyone's gonna like you a lot less. Wait a second. Wait a second, Julia. Julia, are you saying that Christine is presenting herself as some sort of perfect, self actualized, like? perfect uh, human being of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? Someone on a reality show is acting like they're perfect. It's the lips, the hair, the clothes, the thing every single time. It, it, and again, I remember I just said about five minutes ago that I was sympathetic towards her. I'm, I'm not at all. Like you are a robot human. It's worse than a robot human. Cause it's so calculated. And who do you think big question 
Who do you think is the most cooperative with production? Like, who do you think is the is the one that goes along the most with their suggestions outside of Vanessa? Unfortunately, I think it's Vanessa, but you said outside of Vanessa. And outside of Vanessa, I would have to say Mary. Mary. Because I, it's like, does Chris, I was like, does Christine agree to all of this? Or is this like a Mary and Chriselle creation? And they're just like going after her. And they're like, we'll give it to you, producers. Don't you worry. It's hard to pick Mary over Chriselle based on what we know, but what we right. saw in the next season. Of. Right. I'm ready to go there now. I'm just, I'm not, but I'm just so pissed we didn't get that this season. Like, I'm, there's actually a few things from the real world that I'm like, why didn't this show up? Like, there was rumors last summer, summer 2020, pandemic season one, um, that... We're in the second season of the pandemic. This we are. Crazy. I hate it. We're, we're almost in season three. Omicron. <laughs> um, in pandemic season one, there was rumors that Jason and Brent broke up and Brent started his own brokerage. And so that didn't appear at all on the show. Wait, are you telling? Wait, I'm sorry. That that is just for headlines because those people are obviously they cannot start to. They can't. They can't be separate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. As a uh, pandemic, it's fine. It's, yeah, sure. And then um, Chriselle has had like several romances in the intervening time, including she's now dating Jason, which they tease for season five, but. I was pissed we didn't get this now. Like, what the what the hell? And I guess they kind of alluded to it with the whole storyline with like, did Jason represent Chriselle or or not? Or yeah, she's got to be upset about that. That was that whole thing was really stupid. That was so weird. Yeah, I know. It was, but it's so again, weird. Like, there's a couple. Like, you know who we who have we we haven't talked enough about as a pot stir. Like, obviously Vanessa's being like manipulated as a pot stir, but Maya. Don't oh my god, I love Maya. Maya being like a low key, like I don't know why she why she have that accent. I don't know that accent, but it's like she's kind of she's Israeli. Okay, back off. I know that she's Israeli, but it doesn't sound like an Israeli accent. But she's like, I don't know why she doesn't represent herself. All I'm saying, she like asks these questions, these open ended questions that seem innocent, but like Maya is not innocent when it comes to advancing stories on this program. Maya doesn't even live in LA, so she's like willing to do anything for the show. Like Maya basically Miami, lives in Miami. Right? Yeah. <laughs> in Miami, yes. So she flies in for shoots and it's like, what do you want me to do? My like she flies in and lands at like seven after a red eye and has like a 10 p.m. flight out after a yeah. day. And she's got like three kids. So this is like this is le- legitimately her job. She might not even be in real estate anymore. She's just there to ask the questions on the camera. Yeah, she's just there to like stir the pot. And she does a good job. Like Maya and Vanessa are low key. Like they have these smiles and these looks that make you seem like they're likable, but they're asking all the questions that cause all the drama. Yeah, they, they, it's just so outrageous. I I enjoy Maya a lot in part because she is Israeli. I'm just like, yeah, girl, Jewish, love it. But um, <laughs> but she is she is the most normal of the bunch. I would say. What? Yeah. Who do you think is the most normal? Who do you think is like the most like if you're just at a party with this whole whole gang and you talk to all of them, who's the one that you leave being like, okay, we could go get coffee? Oh, my God. Jason? No. Jason who never wears socks? No way. I mean, I honestly like... And I, can we talk about just like from an HR standpoint, the hiring practices at this Alpine group? Sure, I'd love the, the O group. You mean like let's have a meeting? How about six tiny women sit on a four-person couch while me and my twin brother are are facing you, and we give you updates, and you don't you're not allowed to speak? Like it's so weird. He says team meeting, like it's like a phrase he's never heard before. It's like just been introduced to him. Like he says team meeting with such like delib- like deliberateness that I'm like, did you just hear this phrase for the first time? Did someone ask you to use it? Never it's like, so hey, weird. one o'clock, we're going to have a team meeting. He makes it sound like it's spontaneous. They've never eaten at their desks. No, never. They've never eaten, period. But yeah. No, 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 no. Chriselle loves cheese. Yeah, she loves sure. cheese. She made yeah. that very clear. She has it once a month. None of them plug in their laptops. Yeah, I know. It's like, guys. They just, they, they go to the office for the show and that's it. And also like other people work at the Oppenheim group, you know, it's not like these are the only employees they have. So it's a real, it's a sir situation. 
You don't think that 10 years removed from being model hot girls are the only employees <laughs> at the Oppenheim Group? I have a question. Can we objectify women for a second? I think I just did, literally, like a second ago. You did. Emma, hot or not? Listen, I've got a low bar for this kind of thing. Like, it's good. You know what I mean? I got a low bar. Like, like <laughs> wife, no, but like hot, yes, sure. But but, uh, but can I can I can I oh god, I'm gonna say something I'm gonna regret. Okay. I just she's like three sandwiches away from being hot. Like her <laughs> legs. They're too skinny. She needs she needs some protein. The you camera know? really does add 10 pounds. So imagine what they look like in person. Oh, I don't want to imagine. And I have already. And I don't remember. I don't like those memories. Can we move on? I feel bad about myself. Sure. Let's move on. Um, I looked up the man who... Well, also, your your wife sent us a, a link about the man uh, at the center of this love triangle. His name is Peter Cornell. Have you ever heard of him? Because apparently he was on the Lakers like for a minute. Whoa, we're not talking about Tom Bryan, a different Laker. Do I have to Google Peter Cornell right now while we're talking? Because if there's a guy in the Lakers named Peter Cornell, then I would know. I would know. Was he in the front <laughs> office? Did he wear a uniform um, play on I the think, team? I think he may have been like on like their D-League team or something. He didn't like really play in the NBA, but he's like a basketball player. <laughs> it says professional basketball player on his wiki. Yeah. He yeah. is a 12 year career played for over 30 teams. That's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Peter Cornell. He's been paid more than I have ever been paid to play basketball. He's six um, eleven. Oh, he is. Yeah. He that's probably like good for this guy. I shout out to this guy. I'm a big team, big fan. Wait, now he's now he works at the Oppenheim group. What is going on? No, he does work in real estate, but not at the Oppenheim group. That's not what the Oppenheim group website says. Oh, really? He works at the Oppenheim Group? What? I mean, he's got a big old... Oh, yeah. I see it right here. Yeah. Wow. Well, Peter Cornell should be on the show. He, he kind of looks like he could have been, been on Game of Thrones. So he looks like a like a Nordic... He looks like a Stark. Yes. Yeah. He does look like a Stark. <laughs> like, but not like a Stark that got killed, but like a Stark that was like Rob's best friend. That like totally. Got in the melee at the wedding. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he was featured on Million Dollar Listing. I had no idea. Where have I been? Jeez. Well, is, he should be part of our lives. He'll, he'll be guest hosting next week on um, Juliet and Jacoby talking about real estate. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to ask you a little how a little game I'd like to call how fake was this? And you'll tell me on the scale from zero to fake how fake it was. Are you ready? Ready. Number one, Chriselle. She lost the house she wanted to Jason's client. She got outbid. How how fake was that? Extreme fake. Deep fake. Like What's the, the point of that storyline? That was it's they just tried, it's like they're trying to give us Chriselle disappointment porn. 
But it's like every time Chriselle opens her mouth, she's either directly or indirectly mentioning her divorce. Every single time she opens her mouth, like, what'd you order? It's like, oh, I ordered a salad. It made, it reminded me of when I used to have a husband who also ordered salads. But anyway, yeah, it was a Caesar. It's like, she's always bringing up her divorce. And this was just another way where she was like, I just wish I could have something that's my own that couldn't be taken from me, or, you know, by a lawyer and a lawsuit and a divorce. But I just <laughs> wanted that for myself. And guess what? My colleague and trusted boss happened to look he just like future boyfriend under the rug. And that's the most fake thing that happened this season. The most fake. I was like trying to think of some conspiracies of like why they had to cover this up with some bullshit storyline. And I'm like, did she find another house she liked more after the fact? No, so they had to like no. come up with it or no, it's I all just, pre-planned. Like, what was the point? So stupid. Okay. The arc they try to teach us where it's like, oh, she gets disappointed and then she gets it and we're supposed to fall in love with her because then she's going to date Jason and then we're supposed to support that relationship, which low-key totally worked on me. Totally worked on me. <laughs> I'm not stuck for that. On the topic of the houses, they all do look exactly the same. They're like this like modern, boxy, high ceiling. Hey, have you ever oatmeal- heard the term indoor outdoor living before? Indoor outdoor living, <laughs> oatmeal colored like furniture. I I don't like that style. I mean, Jacoby, you've been to my house. It couldn't be further from from that. No. Um, first of all, your house is lovely. Thank you. And I would also say this, that it's not exactly kid-friendly. You know what I mean? I've got yeah, like kids. all like, the like sharp angles for like your kid to like run yeah. into a wall and like oh, crack open yeah, their head. It's like I'm going to have to get like each one of my kids stitches in the first year that we live here. And like the pool with no fence around it and just like the tiny pools. Like, have you noticed the size of the pools at these homes this season? I know. It's because the lots are small and then they just like force these pools in. It is a common thing in LA. I... There's, I don't, Hollywood Hills houses for that reason kind of suck. Like they're all on a slope. They're like on top of each other. I don't know. I would never choose to live in the Hollywood Hills. I, I just felt like if I'm going to have a pool, I don't want it to be one person wide. It's like a hallway pool. It's like a you're plunge like, pool. Yeah. Like when you're like, for like your honeymoon the hallway and you have to like turn sideways to cross yeah. somebody. It's like that. <laughs> I don't want that as a pool. You know what I mean? Like, again, I've never had a pool. I, I barely have friends that have pools. I didn't grow up in near pools. But like, I, if I think I you know where pool, I stand on pools. Yeah. If I had a, where do you stand? I'm anti. <gasps> no. no, thanks. The upkeep doesn't seem worth it. The drowning risk doesn't seem worth it. Take me to the beach. I'm good. I am way into the pool over the beach. Way into the pool over the beach. Nah, no, thanks. I also didn't like that Malibu house that had like a sand pit in its yard. I'm just like, that's disgusting. Oh, d- ugh. Oh, so gross. Why, why, why bring the gross parts of the beach? But the that's the only bad part of the beach. Why bring that to my house? Also, why bring sand in the proximity of your home? If you're not actually on the beach. It's like yeah. so stupid. It might be cool if your kid's between like six months and 18 months. And besides that, it's done. Your kid's going to get that. It's going to be a year. No, 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 no. But the, all of these pools were like a hallway pool. They're like a visual pool, not like a functional pool. And the difference between the $50 million house and the $1.3 million house is like, I don't really see it. It was very hard to tell without knowing more about the locations, like why some of them were so much more money than the others. It's very hard to tell. No, I want you to explain it to me. I think some of it is location. I do think some of it is also square footage. Um, I think some of it is just like probably some amenities we didn't hear about. I mean, the $50 million house in Malibu is still on the market. I looked it up. It wasn't hard to find because it was $50 million in Malibu. So. Yeah. There actually aren't that many houses that are that expensive. But like the difference between like 6 million and 10 million, I can't really tell you. I don't, I don't know. But 50 million, it's like, does it come with a fleet of cars? Does it have solid yeah. gold in the basement? Like, is this like the Waystar merger? Like, what are we getting in this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like $50 million is a lot of money. It's like, oh, you got one that's 1.3, 10 miles away. Can I just get like, I don't know, 15 of those? I know. Like, I have 15 homes instead of this one home? What is it about this $50 million home that's going to make someone buy it? I think there's just a market for people that want that, that have enough money that they don't care. I, I guess. Or just they want people to know they have a $50 million house. I don't know. Who do you sell that to? Like, is someone going to buy it for $70 million in 10 years? Like, no, they're not. Like someone who just like made a lot of money on Bitcoin and like wants to cash out. That's like the only thing I can think of. Shout out to the... Oppenheim twins, because the way they made Davina sound with her exit, there's a huge like shadow hovering over this whole season for those of us, myself, who didn't like follow the selling sunset people. Like, why is she not here? And well, they made it sound like she failed. 
Well, they made it sound like she listed a $75 million home. Oh, that was what happened in season three in season three. And her and Jason got into a fight about it, basically. Like he he was like, This is not gonna sell, lean to lower the price, and she refused to. That's in and that's why. But then she left to go to another brokerage because she had this falling out with Jason. And then did she went to Douglas Elliman, which is like a huge brokerage. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like basically going to have a real real estate career instead of being on TV, which brings me to my next how fake was this? How fake was Davina returning to the brokerage? Um, can I answer this with just desperate? It was desperate. Sure. She didn't yeah, sure. have another option. She tried being the biggest real estate broker in LA. She swung hard, but it's like someone swinging at a, at a, a curveball and they think it's a fastball. She just missed. Yeah. She's like, I don't need this, but actually you do. Also, but I can revert back to my episodic numbers and be okay. Also, if you can make a commission on a house plus get paid a per episode fee for being on TV, like, don't you take that? Like, okay, two, two sure. streams of revenue instead of just one? Sounds great. Yeah, it's like a, it's like being a bartender. Like, oh, my base salary is like fifty dollars an hour instead of ten dollars an hour plus tips. Like, I'll take the fifty plus yeah, tips. Exactly. You know what I mean? She's still she's still on the, the Oppenheim tip. Group uh, website, so I assume she's still there. So good for her. I love the geography of the desks. Me too. At the Oppenheim. When they make it sound like it's a big deal, it's like first of all, your desks are made of like airplane wings from the the World War II. You know, <laughs> and you don't play your laptops. None of this matters. Per the website. There's literally like 10 other 10 more than 10 people who also work there. Like, where do they all sit? I don't I didn't see their desks. And additionally, I actually just want to say when we worked at Grantland and people had to ship desks around, there was a lot of anxiety and feelings over it. People do care a lot about where their desks are. Okay. Might be a little bit more on your than mine. Well, you didn't have to move. Okay. Okay. If you want to bring up old stuff, if you want to bring up old stuff. I feel like I didn't have to move and I didn't move. Yeah. Well, I did. And I think I fought it and then I didn't have to because I was just like, no, I'm not moving. <laughs> Boss moved by you. For me, where I work, and this is very relatable, is like, I don't care about offices or bigger cubicles or it's just like, I just don't want anyone to see my computer screen. Yeah. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I don't care. I'll work. I'll work in the middle of everybody. You know, I don't need a door. I don't need a window. Just as long as while I'm at work and no one else is looking at me shopping for sneakers, then I'm fine. You know what I mean? I had a wall behind me at Grandland. I wasn't giving that up. That was really important. So yeah, me too. It's like, as long as no one can see your screen. So for anyone who's listening to this, that's under 25 is worried about their desk space or whatever. It doesn't matter if you have an office. It just matters if someone else can see your screen. Completely agree. Okay, next. How fake was this? Emma's empanada business. I might have done some research. Okay. Um, during that conversation between her and I believe it was Jason. Um, sorry if I get Jason and Brett confused sometimes. They're the exact same person. Um, he was like, listen, he was pitching her on joining the Oppenheim group. I know, like Emma, like he couldn't land Emma otherwise. Like she had so <laughs> much else going on. Okay. He was like, listen, I know you've got lots of other businesses. He said businesses, like there was more than yeah. one. And then he's like, including your empanada thing. And immediately I'm like, Joey, push pause. <laughs> Google Emma's empanadas. Emma's empanadas are... Listen, I enjoy an empanada from time to time. Oh, I love an empanada. Um, if you were to rate, I don't know, your top five empanada flavors, it'd be like beef, chicken, jerk, chicken, cheese, vegetable, yeah. things of that nature. She's working with a different marketplace, which is the like impossible vegan empanada, where there's a lot of vegan dishes that I enjoy, you know? Sure, yes. Huh. Like a like a masala or uh, you know something that's got sauces and flavors, but an empanada, a vegan impossible empanada is kind of impossible. So she has decided that she's going to make this her business. The business going to keep her from the Oppenheim Group is her plant based empanada business, and the the color of the empanadas that she's marketing, they are like marble gray. <laughs> Can you I, think of another gray food group that's not mushrooms that you enjoy? And mushrooms are on the borderline of enjoyable. Um, like oatmeal, but that's not even gray. No, it's fair. You're in the it's a you're in the neighborhood. There's yeah. no such thing as a like top gray, light brown beige food that's good. 
Look at Golden Crust. Do you know why Golden Crust is successful? Because <laughs> it's golden? <laughs> golden. And it's got crust. And it's full with meat, ground meat, and seasoning. The, the Emma's empanadas, I was looking, so then I had to dive deeper. Of course. Her family is in the frozen food business. Oh, uh, so she comes to it by, by, fam- by nature? Yeah, it's like my son starting a podcast. Like, oh, <laughs> like, all right, you'll get some sort of bump from like me promoting it, but like, you're clearly just like grandfathered, grandmothered, grand whatever into this. Grandfathered, sure, but both. Uh, I went to the website. It's uh, emilyco.com. And wait, wait, wait. Uh, How are we spelling that? Don't tell me it's like, not like Sarah Lee, but it's Emma. L E I G H Co. But it's Emily instead like of Sarah Lee. I thought she was trying to Latinize it like Emilica. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, that's not allowed, Emma. You are the least Latin person I've ever met in my whole entire life. <laughs> well, she has these pictures on the on the website. And like, first of all, it looks like stock photography of like a blonde like looking at the wall. And I guess you're supposed to like think like, oh, I could look hot too if I eat these plant-based empanadas. But then there's other pictures of her like allegedly in the kitchen making them and all of the other people working in the kitchen are dressed appropriately, aka wearing like hairnets and full cover and like food safety. And she's just like her blonde hair is just down. She's wearing like hip boots and it's like, I hope you're not touching my frozen food. You're not following the proper precautions. There's no concern about her touching your frozen food. I know. (laughs) I know. Zero. But she it's like no idea. honestly, if you like pegged her down and you're like, what is the revenue? How many employees do you have? Where do you sell these? She would have no idea. And the idea that she's like, I'm sorry, Jason slash Brett. I don't know if I can join this real estate group because my empanada business is so important. It's one of my many businesses that I have. What are your other businesses? Like in Etsy? Like what are you like? What are you, are you selling your old clothes? Like, I have no idea. Up? Apparently, she also was a swimmer, which that's cool. But her website is basically like the equivalent of you know, in Legally Blonde, when Reese Witherspoon's character like makes the video to try to get into Harvard, and she's like, "Look, I can use legal jargon. I object." That's the same as Emma's website for her empanadas. It's like completely ridiculous. But but the company is real. Oh, I have never seen Legally Blonde in my entire life. What? I've never seen a single frame of Legally Blonde in my. I life. recently rewatched it over the summer for um, the Rewatchables, a, a wonderful Ringer podcast, and I have to say, it's a great movie. I, I liked it at the time. Reese I liked Witherspoon. what Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Big Reese Reese fan. I'll watch it. You are, huh? She doesn't seem like your type to me. No, it's when she got uh, pulled over for drunk driving, and she's like, "Don't you oh. know who I am?" Yes, that was fun. That <laughs> was fun. Big little lies, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm Reese Gang all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Next, how fake was this? Jason announcing they're expanding to the OC all of a sudden with no notice, but all of his employees are at the party. No, no, no. It's expand to the OC, but also here's the new cast of like my Sell, selling in Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, guys, um, not only is it, first of all, inviting everybody there and keeping it as a secret. It's like, dog, if this is a secret, you need to be like, I don't even know what's appropriate to say. Also, like, it's not a publicly traded company. It's not like this is like going to affect the stock price. No one gives a shit except for like maybe TV. But no, even then, Netflix executives. I guess. Yeah. I mean, Netflix executives are the only ones who care. But even then, I feel like it's almost like they should have built it up like a Sharks versus Jets, West Side Story kind of thing, which they're obviously playing into LA versus Orange County. But sh- like, there's no Orange County I hate. But, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I do. Whoa. Do you say yeah. that out loud? I sure did. I sure did. First of all, I love all the people of Orange County. It's a wonderful place to live and I support them. As you know, I like to alienate listeners by saying I hate where they're from. I know you do. Yeah. Like, there's no good people. Like, there's not one good soul who loves Julia and Jacoby in Orange County right now. Listen, disappointed. There's some lovely parts of it, but it's just not for me. Okay. There's all, all I want to say. Um, but I did like how they were like playing into the rivalry between the two, but I feel like they could have played that up even further. And so they could have been like, listen, you're going to meet your new colleague, sister company, or whatever. Do I support them? acknowledging it and promoting it in this way? Answer, no. However, do I have some notes? Yes. How about you do this? You don't give 
two people 10 seconds of screen time and then be like, oh, by the way, one of these dudes is from L.A. who's moving to Orange County for the show. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, let's set this up, Jesper Sharks. Like, let's build this. Even if they're acting, which we all do for this stupid reality TV stuff, let's establish some characters early in the episode, have them have some conversations that aren't as so completely set up as the one they had, and then, like, make me somewhat invested in the next season. They should have had a defector. Of, yeah, we got a guy from L.A. who moved to Orange County for work, which is, like, literally never happened in the history of it's work. It's also, like, they're reverse hills, you know? It's, like... Instead of Lauren Conrad moving from Orange County to LA, it's the opposite, which is funny because Adam DeVello created both of them. It's the same showrunner, which is why the shows are so similar. And so it's just like the reverse playbook. There's a lot of Vanderpump vibes. I actually was thinking like Vanderpump did it right. They built up this Sheena versus Brandy. We knew about Sheena. We knew that she had an affair with Brandy's ex-husband. Like, And then there was, you know, the infamous like changing of the camera angle, like as Sheena got up from the table. We'll call that infamous. That's one of the greatest moments. One of the, in the greatest transitions in the history of television. And then Vanderpump Rules Wait, was born. No, is there a better? No, I'm being serious. It was really well done. And they should have studied that. Do they do that between like Cheers and Frasier or something? Like, isn't there some spinoff that did it like that better? Because I can't think of one. <laughs> Cheers and Frasier is a great question. Tracking shot. Me the too. Exact tracking from the table to the kitchen, which was that. Scene. Yeah, it was amazing. And then it, it, and then Vanderpump Rules is still on like almost 10 years later. So I just felt like they could have done it a little bit better. But this is the beginning of like a whole selling world. Like Netflix is going in on this. Like it's Housewives doing Selling Tampa, which is coming in two weeks, like very soon. And it's about a brokerage or whatever in Tampa that's founded by a black woman whose goal was to employ only people of color to sell homes in Tampa. And then they're doing selling Orange County as well. So like, this is like a whole cinematic universe. Like there's going to be this is so like much. Marvel yeah. Verse. yeah. This is, this is the, basically the adventures of selling yes, adventures of selling real estate. <laughs> but one one thing I will enjoy about Tampa, and for me, like I am, I love real estate. I mean, I'll never own anything because I live in Manhattan and I'm not that you know rich. But yeah, I will say this: you never know about the future. Yeah, good point. Good point. Ring gang, ring gang. But um, I will say that uh, I like the houses in Tampa. And I think Tampa Tampa will give you more like variety. Definitely more variety. And I think like the people could be more fun because they weren't like, oh, I'm moving to Tampa to get famous. Or, like I'm moving to Tampa because I want to live in Tampa, like or or whatever it is. I actually um I got a sneak peek of the first one and I liked it. It's it's different in a good way. I'm, I'm excited for that because I just feel like you don't get the and again I'm not talking about like ethnic diversity, but like the diversity in the homes and the diversity in the buyers and sellers in LA is just kind of like oh like how many times have we seen the same scene where it's like. Jason or Brett meet some skinny white chick. They like look at how beautiful an indoor outdoor living home is, whether it's 1 million or 50 million, it's all the same and like blah, blah, blah. And then they talk about, you know, Christine or Vanessa and they move on to the next scene. Like I feel like in Tampa, you're going to get a little bit more variety. Yeah. In Tampa, you have the possibility of building like, personas and personalities and like creating like housewife style celebrities with selling sunset you have simu lu from shang chi and i'm just like why is he on this show i don't understand plus he came off good though he came off good you think so i think it's a really bad look i don't think you want to be the most famous person on selling sunset okay that's a great take i can't disagree with it (laughs) However, just from a straight up hang perspective, sure, seems like a nice like, guy. Yeah, he seems like a great. Oh, she was good. good. Me and my son watched it. Ten Rings, gang, gang. It was good, but like I felt like if you're going to be on the show and he's committed to it, whether that was a good decision or not, well, let's just say that decision is made. It's a fixed variable in the equation. He came off well. Sure, I agree with that. He did. That he did. It was Michelle was his person, right? Yes, but. I think he must have been thinking he would date her based on this. Like, I can't understand why he's on the show otherwise. There's definitely better ways to buy a home with, like, more attention from your broker than how he went about it. Can I do the guy thing? Sure. Chriselle's kind of attractive. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He probably wanted to date her. When she put on the JLo dress, I was like, first of all, no one should ever put on the JLo dress. What was that store? Like, they just have, like, recreations of iconic dresses? 
Yeah, exactly. Like Joey was like, that's the JLo dress. I'm like, Joey, that's not the JLo dress. <laughs> like there's the Millie Monroe dress right next to it. Like there's, it's all You know JLo has the dress, right? Or it's like, it's <laughs> yeah, some like Versace, exactly. like vault or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like when she dresses like... Good for you, Chrishell. Insane. Uh, I want to talk about the other celebrities, but first, we actually need to talk about the dog party. I can't think of a concept for an event that I find more reprehensible. I mean, the poems that Jason wrote, the seriousness with which he and Mary took this was so insane. And if you're Romaine, how are you comfortable with your wife throwing a birthday party for her dogs with her ex-boyfriend? I don't get it. Like, it's just, I mean, everything about Mary and Romaine is like so outrageous. But uh, the dog party, I was just like, fuck no, absolutely not. I will not have it. How many dog parties have you been invited to? Zero. If you were invited to a dog party, would you attend? No. Who in the world would? <laughs> Who in the world know. I don't go to one-year-old children, human children. I only go to your kids' parties. That's I mean, it. But like, they're not one. They're like old enough to like say hi, Auntie Juliet, and like do stuff. But I did well, go to their first birthdays. Well, you're part of the family. Thanks. And it was, there's probably like eight people there. You know that's what I mean? True. Like, yeah. Well, they, didn't they used to like, get one like the number of friends for their age? Like one friend for one, two friends for two. Uh, that's not exactly how it works, but like it's, it, we had, like you know, we're single-digit human beings in the room for their one-year-old party. Sure. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Like sure. it's you don't, uh, but for a dog, absolutely not. It's dog? just a, it's just a no way. Also, multiple dogs. I love how Jason was like, I used a client's home for this. What a great home. It's like you paid them to use this house for a shooting location. Yeah. Okay, cool. We do that. It happens all the time in LA. You gave them probably like, I don't know, mid, mid, mid five figures. Right. And also like if it's like, oh, you're bringing dogs. That's an extra 10,000. I don't want the hair around. And they're, and everybody wins. But it's in, it's, it's sycophantic. <laughs> The Jason and Brett, like, I'm going to go a little deep with this. I'm going to take this too far. Are you ready? Okay. I'm like, so ready. I'm so excited. At the altar of the Oppenheims is just too much for me. The idea that, like, 20, 30 people would show up to a dog party just because they're throwing it, it's like you all need their money. You need them for your career. They didn't show up as friends. They showed up as colleagues. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I can't tell you you're wrong because they were filming, right? So it was a work obligation for all of them. I do find like their obsession with Jason and Brett like hard to put my finger on. I, I've never had that kind of relationship with like a superior, let alone like the owner of the company. Like it's really weird and like sick. Like, and I'm just like, are they making fun of Jason? Are they in love with Jason? Are they, do they genuinely think he's a genius? Like, do they respect him? Like, what is the feeling they all have about Jason? I think that they know. And first of all, I'm glad you said Jason over Brett. Cause like, am I wrong in thinking that it is a like Jason over Brett situation? 100%. Brett's like basically mute. I, I, it's really weird. I don't know. I don't know how Brett's comfortable with this, but he must be like so confident. He's like, just like, sure, I'll be in the background. Between us. So like, it's no big deal if I don't do anything. Right. And he's just sort of like, same money, fewer words. I'm good. I mean, I, I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. So we'll, we'll just, we'll talk about it like it is. Jason has a power position over these young ladies, in which I'm not... Not that young. Chriselle's 40. Fair, fair. These ladies that I'm not comfortable with professionally, like from a Me neither. Uh, HR diversity standpoint, seems a little weird to me. Yeah. And he, they have a power over them, which is just not a normal, healthy working environment. Whether you're making a reality show or not. I know. I completely agree. It's like sick. And also like this weird sort of like sexual energy that that is like beneath every interaction between one of the women and Jason is super creepy. It's gross. I, I mean... Can I go positive though? Sure. Really enjoy every episode. <laughs> really enjoy every episode. <laughs> as much as we can go negative about like the work dynamics and like the 2021 stuff, like let's be honest, it's, it's, it's a great watch. It's a great sure, watch. Sure, it's TV. It's TV. I mean like... Yeah. I don't think I don't think any of them are relying on this the brokerage solely for their 
income. I mean, especially not now they're on TV, but you know, it's, it, it's fun. There's like a, there's a symbiotic relationship between the TV stuff and the work though. Like, without the show, they don't make as much money. Simu Lu <laughs> is not going to Chriselle to be his broker without the show. He's not, he doesn't know who she is without the show. No, but like, and then he's buying a thing and like they get more listings and it's like, it's LA, it's fancy. It's all I know, like, people, it's people all want cover. the, it's the all name shit. girls wearing Chanel buying you know, buying and selling houses. But like, you are probably much better off listing your house somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> Go with Mauricio or one of his daughters at the agency. That's Kyle's husband. Television cameras and like, you know, $40,000 worth of things on them every time they leave the house. Do you think Mauricio is jealous? Like, do you think that he wishes he had this show? No, I think Mauricio is doing well. I think, think Mauricio is happy. Yeah, I think, I think Mauricio is doing quite well. Is yeah. the Jacoby family watching the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? Um, yeah, we're dabbling. I oh, fucking and, love um, it. We, it's, 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 it's Kenya. Kenya just drag, dragging everybody and no one had anything to say back to her. I love it. Also, you may recall, I used to love Kyle Richards. Like, I was like, just a, such a huge fan. Loved her Mauricio. Kyle, I've had to abandon in, in recent years on Beverly Hills. Like, she's just not, not been easy to support. She's so much fun on this girl's trip. I'm like, yes, Kyle. I love it. And Teresa, she seems like a great hang. Who knew? Everyone's taking a W except for Ramona. Ramona which, fucking sucks. Ramona, Get her Ramona, off TV. Whoa, whoa, wait, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I was talking. What'd you say? Get Ramona off TV. It's time. Oh, you said she effing sucks and she said to get her off TV. Yeah, that's where we are right now. And I feel it. like we're wrapping up, but I want to say this is there is a conversation to be had about Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah, I love Salt Lake. Although I will say I haven't watched this week yet, but there's also the the Hulu special, the house, the Shaw and the house, what and the whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, I haven't watched that yet. Did you watch it? Teaser. This is what we do in the business called a tease. There is a conversation for us to be had about what happened this season on Salt Lake City. And it's like, we might have to have like a lawyer join the zoo. <laughs> I I just want, based on the episode a couple weeks ago, when they showed this, the feds and the Salt Lake uh, people showing up, I'm positive production is fully cooperating with this investigation and therefore they're able to use the footage. So that's my take. I look forward to our conversation about what <laughs> has occurred on this season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because it has been something that has transcended reality. It's television. great. It's been, re- it's been really good. Rachel Callie and I discussed it. It is now biblical. It is, it is, it is transcended everything into like the zeitgeist. It's now ethical. It's like we now... It, <laughs> we must discuss. <laughs> we must discuss. And there's still so much more Selling Sunset to talk about. Callie and I are going to do that later this week. Jacoby, thank you so much. For more David Jacoby, you can find him on ESPN2 on Jalen and Jacoby. Follow him on all social media. And Jacobs, you're my absolute fave. Thanks to Devin Manzi for producing this episode. And catch me on Bachelor Party. I look forward to doing this again sometime. 